0: Welcome back. Before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsor.
1: I'm Dr. Kiri Yazid, founder of Beauty Brains & Business, an exclusive community for female entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship can be lonely. Finding people who get you and support you can be challenging. I want to change that. I'm looking for a few good women to become a part of our community. Enrollment is only open twice a year, so this is your chance to join a group of like-minded entrepreneurs and start receiving the accountability and support that you need to become a successful business owner today. Membership includes access to a business coach, a learning library filled with trainings by industry experts, a private Facebook group where members share resources and network, and six business books shipped to your home yearly, which are a part of our virtual book club. So how do you join? Simply visit thebeautybrainsandbusiness.com, And if you sign up today, you can take advantage of our 14-day free trial membership. Again, simply visit thebeautybrainsandbusiness.com for more information.
0: Hey family, welcome back to Confessions of a men Queen. Here is my confession today. I am passionate about education. When my son was three years old, my husband and I experienced firsthand what it's like to be a black boy growing up within our society's educational system. Perhaps I'll share more about it in our upcoming docu-series, but just know it was a huge eye-opener for us. I never saw education the same, and I want to use this platform to educate other parents and their children on how to effectively navigate the educational system. So today, we talk to Latricia Booker. She is the principal of Faith Movers Academy in University Park, Illinois. When I first became acquainted with FMA, I was a parent that was broken, discouraged, and downright depressed over what my child had experienced. So I was impressed to learn that FMA offers Christ-centered education grounded in the principles of servant leadership, pathway to purpose, and personalized learning experiences. I am so happy to have this conversation with Principal Booker as all families should have access to a quality education for their children. So let's listen in to hear the FMA story. Good morning, sis, how are you? Good morning, I'm good, how are you? I am blessed today. I'm so happy to have you on the show, welcome. Thank you so
2: much. I am so excited about the opportunity. Um, When you reached out to me, I've been looking forward to it ever since then. So thank you again for inviting me on.
0: Of course. I, you know, I'm so excited about this show because I, this, this particular topic and this conversation is so near and dear to me. You know, I, I have no problem taking it personal and letting folks know some of the things that my family has struggled with in terms of our child education. So what you're doing is important. Tell us about what you do.
2: So currently I serve as the principal of Faith Movers Academy. It is a new elementary Christian school out in University Park, I'm started by Faith Movers Church. Um, and if you don't mind, I'll just share a little bit of the journey on uh, how I even got there. Yeah. So I've been in education for about 10 years now. Um, And before education, I just knew I was going to be a doctor. And this is, of course, part of my own personal educational experience. Um, And somewhere around a third year of college, um, I decided that this is probably not for me. Organic chemistry was a catalyst in that decision. And so I always knew that if I didn't go into medicine, I would go into education. I've always been passionate about it. My first job as a student worker, even in high school, was to go back to my elementary school and work with the children for the after-school program. So it's, it's been in my blood and in my veins for as long as I can remember. Um, and so I've been working in education. Previous experience, I've been in turnaround schools. So I go into traditionally underperforming schools, like really underperforming schools, and a part of that team that helps to transform them, come um, through training staff, selecting new staff. Uh, Just, I mean, total transformation inside and out, operations, systems, and processes. Um, So the Faith Movers Academy was a different venture for me, and one that I didn't see coming. I've always wanted to open the school, um, but they had never actually pursued it. I became a member of Faith Movers Church in 2015, and then sometime around 2016, pastor started to talk about this vision again about opening faith with academy now i didn't know at the time that this was part of the original vision of the church um i just knew that i had felt that kind of bubbling in me coming and i didn't know where it was coming from uh, but then in 2016 the conversation started again and then i was blessed and asked to be a part of the team for that um eventually and Being a part of the team eventually turned into leading the team, and that eventually turned into me coming on full time um, as the strategic officer and project manager for that. And that translated into me um, becoming the principal. So it's been quite the journey with several different phases, but it's been a very rewarding journey.
0: Well, that's awesome. Like I said, I have no problem being very transparent. How I became acquainted with you and Faith Movers the church and the school, um, my son was involved with an educational system that was housed over there in that building. And when you guys were making those plans to transition, we listened in on what your goals were and what your vision was. And we were so impressed and so excited because there is, there is a a, a elephant in the room as it relates to black children in education. And we struggled. We struggled with our son. We struggled with, You know, people understanding him. We struggled with him being, you know, told that he couldn't learn certain things, with him being treated a certain kind of way. And Faith Movers Academy was definitely something that resonated with us because we were so excited to, first of all, see people who not only understood, you know, the love of God and the importance of having Christ in school, but understood how everybody doesn't learn the same way and how some children are going to be more hands-on and some children are not going to want to sit still all day long. And you guys spoke to all of that. So let's get into that. How did you guys come up with the idea of how you were going to execute this plan?
2: So, It was a mixture of a few things. Um, I was not a part of Faith Movers when it was originally birthed, so I wasn't in on those original conversations. But I know a lot of it came from the vision and the personal experiences of um, both Pastor and Lady Herring, um, the leaders of Faith Movers Church, and even in them sharing some of their testimony, their additional experiences. And now they have children and those experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for me personally, just thinking about my educational journey and how my values aligned with what they were speaking. So when it comes to education, and I think many of us, uh, especially those of us who are of African-American descent, can really talk about some very challenging experiences in education growing up. Um. My experience was personally was not as bad, but to see the experiences of people who were close to me and around me um, had a major impact on what I felt education should look like, what the quality of education should look like. Um, had, I mean, having seen and experienced teachers who treat certain kids a certain kind of way and certain kids another kind of way, or are willing to even be flexible in understanding that all kids don't learn the same. Yes, you might have these two students who are really good listeners, and so you can say the material once and they'll get it. But you have these other 15 who are visual and kinesthetic learners, and now you're frustrated with the 15, and so you say that they can't learn, when the reality is all children can learn anything. It's just a matter of us teaching the way that they learn. Um and so having seen that, um, uh, even in my growing up and in my experience, in my work experience especially, was very, very impactful for me. And so just having those conversations with my leaders and sitting down and coming up with, okay, what does that look like? Um, how what what is our philosophy here? One of the pillars of the church, um, is that we believe in spirit led living and biblical preaching and teaching, um, we translated that to the school, even in helping the children to develop a pathway to purpose. And I think this, that is the very core of where we connected. That speaks to my heart, and I know it speaks to their heart as well, that education should be a place where we're directing students, directing their energy to help them discover what their purpose is. Every child has a purpose. Every child can learn. Every child has the potential and the capacity to be someone great. And it is the responsibility of the school, the educational system that we're in, to help garner that energy so that children can learn to be the best version of themselves and not try to put themselves in a the box of being just like everyone else. Um, and in that respect, education hasn't changed much over the years, and we want to change that. So it's not, you know, an industrial society where everyone is going to like a factory. Um, And working, but this is a society where innovation is valued, where we need creativity. We need relationship now. As connected as we are, we're more disconnected than ever. And so education should match where our culture and society is now. And so helping our scholars to understand that it's okay to not be like everyone else. God made you unique for a reason let's help you discover that uniqueness. And that is the very core of what we do at Faithful Words Academy, helping our scholars to express themselves, be responsible citizens, but know that they do have a bigger purpose um, and, and a plan that was given by God and that there are gifts and talents that are in them that we can nurture from a young age. You don't have to grow up, spend thousands of dollars in college, only to realize that the major that you selected is not even
0: what you want to do. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and this was a plan in, in place for years, part of the original, the, the original plan for the church. But it actually came to life, and now you guys are up and running, effective this fall, correct? Yes.
2: So it was a part of the original plan. There was a, a, an original committee put together um, in 2016. I wasn't a part of that committee, but then we stopped and restarted again. Um, I kind of jumped in headlong, and then I joined in full-time in, I think maybe it was fall of 2016, I came to work full-time to put all of my energy and work into Faith Movement Academy and making that vision, because we had a very dynamic steering team, people with experiences and expertise in finance and operations, just the curriculum instruction. And so we came together and all of these ideas were just, they were still thoughts, um, it, very intangible. And so my job was to come on board and say, okay, let's take these intangibles and make them a reality. So I came on board, had an entire year of planning, connecting with parents, connecting with the community, doing some marketing, finding out what the biggest grievances were and how we can partner with parents in the community to help make this successful and Uh, Just reconnecting with students and and figuring out and researching, okay, how can we make this an environment where students don't want to go home, where learning is real, it's not confined to a textbook, but they understand that learning is anytime, anywhere, um, that there are real world experiences that they can connect to, to really help them learn and achieve everything that they desire. So. Um, I, I had a team and we came together and I mean worked ruthlessly through anything and everything to make sure that what we actually said we were going to do um, is what we worked to do and so we opened in fall of 2018
0: um, and, and we're off to a very good start so as a principal what is what do you see in terms of your scholars everyday what does their day look like at school so there are a few
2: things. There are non-negotiables, and then of course we always leave room for creativity. So our scholars come in in the morning. Our regular school hours are eight to three, um, but we do before care six and after care closes at six. So um, we try to make it really convenient for the parents. But our scholars come in in the morning. If they haven't eaten breakfast. They can have breakfast. All the classes start with prayer um, and circle time, and so this is a time for them want to connect with God and two, to connect with each other. Mm. Um, Our classes have daily confessions that they make. Um, And I personally, this is where I stand with the confession, that you say it even if you're not actually demonstrating it yet, because words have power. And so, in particular, our oldest class, our second and third grade students, they created their own confession they each contributed a specific line to that confession and they say it every day. They had to learn it. And so it creates a sense of accountability because you all created this confession. This is what you speak about yourself. And this is the standard of behavior that we're holding you up to because you can do it. Um, So every class starts off that way. And then they move into, of course, their regular subjects, English centers, math, all of those core subjects. We do have, our Pathway to Purpose class, which is what I would like to call our spiritual formation class. So it's not just them going through the Bible, but them developing a personal relationship with God and learning how that translates socially and emotionally in life. Mm -hmm. And it's also where they get that career exploration component. So as we move into the spring quarter, because that class is divided into three sections. So the first part of the year, um, we stuck really with the Old Testament and talking about God and who he is and our relationship to God. And at this point in the year, we transition to the life of Jesus, how Jesus is the love of God manifested in what we can learn from his life. But towards the end of the year, we'll be moving into the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's during that last one third of the year that we will really emphasize gifts of the spirit, talent, bringing in people. We're going to have a career day in March. Um, but allowing the scholars to really begin to experience the world and how what they do and the talents they possess can help them in life. And they can create a life and a business that they love. Um, We strongly support entrepreneurship. And so, you know, anyone who is looking to help us with that, all of that assistance will be welcome. But for our scholars, Um, It's really a family environment. So they come in, they look forward to coming in and and seeing everybody every day. They have one student that likes to stop and take a picture every single morning when she comes (laughs) through the door. Um, And they come in and they're like family. And the pre-K students, I would say, are the strongest example of this. I've just never seen such a group of, that's my girl power class. Um, but just a group of intelligent, energetic, vibrant three- and four-year-olds who, I mean, love each other and treat each other like family. They, you walk in the room, there, hey, girl, <laughs> you look cute today. I'm ready to learn. You know, they encourage each other when one needs help in an area. I've seen, because I, I do frequent class observations. You know, I've seen the kids go over there, well, no, this is how you do it, or I can help you with this, or no, it's a, like literally, no, it's okay, rubbing her back, um, encouraging oh, wow. each other. And so the the culture itself, just to establish a culture of learning and support, is critical in their development because we've created an environment where they know that it's okay to make mistakes.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that
2: and that we learn from those. And that's critical when you're talking about educating kids, that they understand that it's okay to make mistakes. What matters is that you learn from it. Let's figure out what went wrong um, and move forward. Um, so um, a lot of learning, you'll see a lot of movement. Um, and also in the older grades, you'll see a lot of writing. I'm a huge proponent of writing. It was a non-negotiable in the curriculum that we created. Um, They have to journal and write every day. Writing helps us sort out our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a way of communicating and in a world of technology. And don't get me wrong, we're extremely tech friendly. So we have iPads. We're currently in the place where we're transitioning to -to one-to-one. We're waiting on our final set of iPads to come. So we're all for technology. We know that's where the world is going. But there's something, there's a magic in the writing. Putting a pen or pencil to paper and hashing out those thoughts um, and going through that critical thinking process. So those are some of the things you'll see um, just throughout the day uh, with
0: our scholars. Well, it's, I'm glad that you said that because that's one of the things that I struggle with. I, I work in nonprofit and I work with, um, young people ages 16 to 24 helping them with vocational training and finding jobs and things like that. And I noticed that, you know, this generation, even at that age, they struggle to write. They, they, many of them because they only are comfortable or used to using tablets, they can't write. And they also have a hard time knowing how to even just turn on a regular desktop. So just different things that there's a gap, you know? So I I love that you guys are still doing that. You still, you, got, you guys are still pushing that. Um, Tell me a little bit more about the classroom structure, because you were just mentioning how kids are free to kind of move around a little bit. It sounds, and I, well, I know for a fact because I've seen the school, so I've had a chance to tour and see what it looks like. But can you tell us more about how the the classroom is a different experience than the traditional course classroom that maybe we had coming up?
2: Right. So there are a few key differences that I can speak to here. One of them is that we do not have traditional desks and chairs, the individual desks and chairs. Um, that was a decision we made at the very beginning. No. So each of our tables, each of our classrooms have tables. It's a collaborative setting. So you no, know, anywhere from four to six seats per table. Um, another thing you'll notice is the vibrant walls. Um, so, you'll see that we have our neutral whites, but every classroom has like an accent wall or a bright color. And so our walls are designed to move. Um, teachers have student work on the wall. The work has to be current and up to date. One, it lets you know as a parent what's happening in the classroom, but two, it encourages the students to let them showcase their work and look, this is what you've learned, this is what you've done. Um, and I just want to circle back to the collaborative setting. So. We actually wrote our own curriculum. It's called the Master Curriculum, and it is a version of STREAM. Um, of course, the M is for math, A is for Arts, S is for science, T is for technology, E is for engineering, but that R is for relationships, and that's really where our Pathway to Purpose component comes in, which I referenced earlier, but in that curriculum, one of the, um, because we had a curriculum writing team, I sat in those meetings with them. We came up with parameters and guidelines. And one of the biggest things was that the curriculum had to contain collaboration. Because one of the things that we know that employers are looking for are those soft skills. And we know that this generation has been shown to lack those skills. There has been a lack of collaboration or knowing how to work and operate in a team, knowing how to resolve conflicts. Um, And all of these skills are important to be successful in the working world. So we incorporated that into the very thread of what we do day by day. Um, Some other things you'll notice, the technology, which is what I mentioned. Now, technology is one of our pillars. We do believe that technology integration is key, and it can be used as a tool. Uh, One of the things about our curriculum is that this year it was thematic. and So in September, right at the beginning of the year, our theme was technology, and what we focused on was creating digitally responsible citizens. So yes, we have this great interactive board here. Yes, we have these iPads here, but we want you to understand that technology is just a tool. It's a great tool, it's a terrible master. And so we work to thread that into very curriculum so that our scholars understand you can get information off of the internet, but how do you decipher between what's true and what's not? What do you need to be looking at? What do you not need to be looking at? And so that's not just a one-month thing. That was the month that we started, but it's something that we work on very, very vigorously. So you'll see technology in the classroom.
0: Um, That's awesome. Yeah, you'll
2: also see, um, and you'll see it more in the the pre-K room, is that We have um, a lot of just toys and manipulatives. You'll see a lot of different things that on the surface don't really look like education, but children learn through play. So, and and let me clarify, because we're not a school where children play all day, not by any stretch of the imagination. They're working. Um, But what we do understand, again, is that we have some kinesthetic Mm learning. And so those kids need to do in order to understand. And what you will see is that a lot of our subjects, we connect them and use them for collaboration. So what you will see is a lot of art in science class. And you might see a little of the reverse. Um, because some of our scholars, I, and one of the things I've noticed across the board in all of our classes is that we have some really artistically inclined children this year. And so, because we've picked up on that, even when I work with teachers and we are building lesson plans and going through what's effective, I encourage them on some level to incorporate some kind of art, some kind of visual project, because our scholars for this year, this cohort, they seem to learn best that way. And so, you'll see that it'll be evident in the classroom.
0: Okay, that's awesome. And tell me about the role of the parents in all this. Are, are, are parents actively involved? Do they come in? Are they, Is there an open door policy? What does that look like for them and the relationship between you, the parents and the school in general?
2: Yes. So I, it takes a village to raise a file. Mm-hmm. The village may look different in 2019, but it still takes a whole village. Um, so we have an open door policy. Strongly encourage all parents to come in, whether it's good, bad or ugly. I want to hear it um, myself. So I invest a lot of my time personally in reaching out to the parents. They get a weekly newsletter from me. Um, I am, unless there's some extenuating circumstance, I am usually the first one to greet them in the morning and see the parents, and I'm usually the last one to see them leave in the evening um, so that they have that physical touch. Um, Because the school is so small, all of the parents can reach me personally (laughs) this year. Um, If something comes up and I just happen to not be in the office. And so I fostered that relationship with the parents. Um, and then also with the teachers as well, just making sure that they understand that they can talk to the teachers and it's an open door policy. So the teachers also email the parents once a week. And it doesn't matter if it's good, bad or ugly. They have to reach out to the parents once a week. So the parents know what's going on. Um, and we want to keep that communication clear because miscommunication breeds all sorts of toxic things. And, you know, for me, one of the most important things is that we make sure that we're moving forward together um, and that there is no place for the enemy to come in, you know, and because when there is no communication, assumptions take over. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've worked really diligently to make sure that we don't leave that, that gaping hole. One of the things that, Um, for this last half of the year that I want to focus on that time just wouldn't allow me to in the first half is really galvanizing parents and having regular parent meetings where it's not just one-on-one interaction. Um, Some of our parents have already forced relationships outside of the school, which I love. And they, of course, come and talk to us about anything, but having those meetings and those sessions where we can zero in and focus on a particular topic and what their thoughts are and how, you know, they feel the school can help and what they can do to also assist with the school. But our parents are very active. Um, We had our first field trip, you know, parents were eager and willing to come chaperone, which is always, a great thing. Um, and whatever we need from them, if we ask anything of them, we just, I mean, we have a great group of parents. We have a great group of kids. We were really blessed this year. Um, and so I just want to continue to see that relationship grow and thrive.
0: And so I I know you are busy, you are running the school, so I won't keep you too long, but I, I did have a question about affordability, you know, by, by this being a private option for parents, um, how, can you just speak to, you don't necessarily have to say how much it costs because folks can certainly call you and talk about that, but you know, it, it, how, how affordable is this for parents? And is there a way that they can have a payment plan, things like that? Yes.
2: So, um, one of my things, and I'm, I'm really pushing this in the marketing this year because I think we, um, could do a better job of marketing this this year is that great education doesn't have to be unaffordable education. hmm. um, And so we worked really hard and I can speak specifically to this because I was researching the prices. I was going to the different schools. I was, you know, building the budget and working with our team. So I can speak to this when I say we worked our hardest, I mean, many long and hard conversations, much research to make sure that this was something that was affordable to parents. Um, so it is affordable. We do offer payment plans and we offer options. Um, we do have for early enrollment, there's a registration fee discount. Um, and there's some other incentives that we're working on, but we really have worked diligently to make sure that people have access to this level of education because it's so critical.
0: I can speak to the fact that I've paid for private education and I, I know your tuition um, and what is listed as, and compared to others, and what you guys actually providing for children—that one on one experience, a very personalized experience—it's um, it's definitely worth it. And so I encourage folks if you guys are looking for, because there was a word you used in the past that I absolutely loved. I think you said that you were revolutionizing education, and. That, you know, you, you can't really put a price tag on that. But I think that you guys are doing the best you can to make it affordable for families. This, we You all are located in the south suburbs of Chicago. And so we have working um, class families out there. But people really want their children to have a good experience in school. And so I certainly encourage folks to give you a call. How can they reach you, though, in order to go ahead and get the ball rolling?
2: So there are a few ways. We're located at 425 Exchange Street. Um, And so you can come by yourself, see the school, um, and schedule a visit personally with me. We do have open houses coming up because enrollment will be opening on February 1st. That will be early enrollment and then regular registration begins March 1st. Um, We will have on our website, we have the open house dates listed. Um, Our first open house date is Thursday, January 24th at 7 p.m. Um, if you'd like to RSVP for that date, you can reach us uh, via phone. The phone number is 708-279-1012. Again, that's 708-279-1012. Um, so coming physically is one way. Calling by phone is another way. We also have our website, com. Again, it's com. Um, So you can get information about us. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have our own page called Face Movies Academy. So you can go there. We keep that page updated regularly just with happenings of the school, achievements of the scholars, um, any other important information.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Well, I am excited for you guys. I'm pretty sure this first year has been blessed. One more question though, as the school grows, because you guys are just getting started, what is the plan for adding on additional years and will you eventually have a high school option? What is that looking like?
2: Our plan is to add additional grades. Um, Our strategic team is still working through the specifics of how that will look now. Um, but it's specifically in regards to the 1920 school year, um, you will see that information on our website. Perfect.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about Faith Movers Academy. I'm so excited. We have a gem in our community, guys. So I definitely encourage you to give them a call, stop by, go to the website, check them out. Any other parting words that you might want to share? This is definitely a a tough time for for families in terms of the climate of our country and different things that's going on. And so people are trying to find a place that they are comfortable and safe for their children. Anything that you want to say about anything, this is your time, sis. Thank you so much.
2: Uh, Thank you for having me. I will just say this, that you matter and that your child matters and never, ever, ever give up. Um, and I'm, I'm speaking not just from a professional stance, but from a personal stance, um, never compromise your standard or expectation of excellence because of what is going on around you. The world needs you. They need your gifts. They need your children. Um, we need these children to be tomorrow's leaders. So like you said earlier, sis, there is no price tag for a quality education, um, personalized education is everything because no two people have the same passion in life and we understand that and we value that and so i just want to encourage anyone who's listening to take that extra step maybe it's a leap of faith maybe you've been a little comfortable where you are but um, especially in these times i just want to encourage you to be okay being uncomfortable take that leap of faith Um, whether it's choosing a new school for your child or choosing a new career for yourself um, the time is now it's not tomorrow or next week or next year that's not even promised but just to give you that word of encouragement to do it now and as you take step by step you'll see your dreams become a reality
0: awesome thank you so much again for coming on we really appreciate you thank you so much I'm looking forward to hearing more and seeing what's happening, guys, so tune in. You guys take care. Hey, family. Don't forget to get your tickets to the Melanated Queen Awards on Saturday, April 13th at 1 p.m. in Country Club Hills, Illinois. We have had so many nominations that we have decided to select 10 women who are servant leaders in their communities. Tickets are on sale at eventbrite.com. If you're not in the Chicago area and you want to support the Confessions of a Melanated Queen docuseries, please feel free to make a donation to the film at confessionsofmelanatedqueen.com. Thanks again for all of your support. We'll chat again next week.